Welcome to the Fourth Pillar of Play, a Night Shift radio production, where we support your adventure in tabletop game design by discussing, learning, and creating right alongside you. Hey, Talent. Hey, Josh. How you doing? Oh, it's been a long weekend. It's been a very long weekend. Very busy day. We, you had your own busy weekend. I had my own busy mm-hmm. weekend. And we're going into busier weeks and weekends. It's yeah. going... The next two months are going to be interesting. Yeah, there may be a uh, there may be a gap week in there yeah, every there, now and there then. There may be a gap week. Just because we've got the on. end of the school year. Yep. We've got the the Chicago show because yeah, you're both, in, yep. both my wife and I are in a show. Yep. We've got just normal summer stuff. Yeah, summer camps, stuff starts cramping. Trips. Yep. Etc. The, the June. I was looking at uh, my June schedule and like literally, there's only one weekend I'm not out of town in June. Right. I mean, I know. I think Pride is next weekend. Right. That's so we're so going to be doing. We're out Pride. of town for a week for a wedding next. That's weekend. right. Because I'm coming over here to get my kid. And we're going to go do Pride. Exactly. And come, yeah, yes, because, because your kid is watching my dogs. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so got a lot. And we yesterday we had a busy day. We were at Freight Yard, which has been mentioned before, mm-hmm. and we hung out with Todd, who was also yeah mentioned last time you were out of town rochester area right yeah geneseo yeah geneseo for the wife's uh college reunion in honor of todd oh we are drinking we are drinking a beer aren't we yeah what is the name of the beer this is from now this is from a brewery in geneseo new york Mm -hmm. called strange design brewing company I've never heard of them until you mentioned. I think you mentioned Strange it Design yeah. Brewing Company. I, I I went to go check the glass, and then I realized I didn't put it in a, mm-hmm. in, a in an actual Strange Design. I believe, I'm double checking right now that it's Strange Design. That does. I think that's the the was that the logo on the growler? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. So Strange Design opened during COVID, and you know Freight Yard opened a couple months before COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they are. It's a it's a really cool space with really great art all over the place. It is built in the remnants of the old Geneseo poorhouse. The so poorhouse. So it's dorms. haunted. No, because no. there's no such thing as ghosts. Yeah, but my but, w- my wife will confirm for you. It's haunted, <clears throat> guaranteed. The, <laughs> the there's three buildings. Yeah. Um. One of them is the brewery, and it's mm-hmm. these old, cool brick dorm-like buildings. Sure. And they're all connected with Causeway. It's just cool. They're exactly what poor people deserve. Exactly. I mean, they're <laughs> well. I mean. <laughs> They're so cool. I know. I know. I'm just the middle building <laughs> is a uh, bed and breakfast, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the other side of the trio is a spa. And uh, like, that's a strange design. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, see what they did there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a great. This is called Spicy Nugs, which mm-hmm. is a milkshake IPA with some hot peppers and some lactose for the mouth feel. Yeah. And <laughs> well, that makes a difference. And it's funny because it's exactly the type of beer I would try if I'd gone there. Because I, when you have the more flavors mixed in, I'm like, I have to try that because that's either incredible or, or a effing disaster. Mess. <laughs> it's unbelievably <laughs> right? bad or unbelievable. There's no middle ground exactly when you're adding those together. But it worked out lovely. But as we went through and did, we did, we visited up to Geneseo in uh, March and we went there and tried. A variety of things we did, you know, our little flights, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's one of the rare times I liked just about every single beer I tried there. Very nice. So yeah, and yeah, they're all real good. The, uh, the brewer's real nice guy works the bar. Um, so we have this, and we have our raspberry Kolsch, which is not my bag because I don't like fruit beers. But mm-hmm. this, this I enjoy. Yeah, no, oh, that's very good. And over at Freight Yard, we added the summer wheat today, which normally mm-hmm. isn't my thing, but really was very yeah. Good. I don't like wheat beers. And, and I know that's a thing for people, for sure. I don't know um, what it is about wheat beers that I don't like. All I know is increasingly an IPA is not usually my favorite thing. 
Well, I, I've never been a huge IPA person. I, I mean, I used to be, but now I'm finding, boy, I'm really very picky about which IPAs I do like. Because mm-hmm. um, we also released a new pale ale yeah. uh, called Hump. Yeah, Hump. It's just called Hump? Yeah, it's called Hump. It's it's a it's a railroad term, apparently. So oh. get over the hump. So. Um, and Todd and I had that yesterday while we were playing ladder ball. See, if I don't... If I don't... I'm not drinking a porter or a stout. I just go straight for the cream ales, and that's about it. We are not going to have cream ale again for quite some time. Wait, what about Codnoy cream ale? Not at the moment. Lou. <laughs> Lou, what are you doing to me? Oh, well, try telling these guys we're out of our Kolsch. Oh, my gosh. What do you mean you're out of Kolsch? We're out of Kolsch? You're getting more coming? I'm like, I don't think so. We're just we're doing the summer ale, and we're doing the hump now, which, you know, yeah. Oh. You're I'm doing like, so you're going to have to try something else. They handle it pretty well, most of them. I we, don't. I we always not. have Congress, though, so. <sighs> Willow Rock Congress, it is beer. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> beer. That should be their slogan. Willow Rock Congress, it is beer. Is that the one that you suggest to people who like, well, if I like Bud Light, what yeah, would I like? Yeah, that's the one yes. if you like Bud Light or, or you know, Budweiser or whatever. So actually, a lot of the guys that generally drink that probably wouldn't appreciate the offer of Bud Light. <laughs> it's usually. <laughs> hey, this is yes. a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Yeah, well, I, I mean, know, it's a game design podcast. Yeah. But, we, you know, that was that was our five-minute intro on... Fine craft brewing. We had a busy weekend. A lot of I know. <laughs> so and you know we're recording the night before the podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we got Indi- I got Indiana Jones 40th anniversary on the big screen uh, this week on Wednesday. Yeah. I'm not going to be at that. So I'm. Jelly. I told you. I told you. You just show up 15 minutes late after the giant I'm, boulder has rolled <laughs> down the giant screen. <laughs> it's the only thing I want to see. It's the only thing I want to see. You're going to be able to see that pane of glass in front of Harrison Ford's face between him mm-hmm. and the Cobra so yeah, well. I, I love that. I know. <laughs> that, or maybe not as well. That very obvious pane of glass. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of it. There, there's a, What's the word I'm looking for? It's cute. That's <laughs> how they did it back then. That's how we did it. Well, I watched True Lies the other day. Definitely not Arnold. 90% of the stunts. It's insane. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how I ever fell for that. I have to assume it's a victim of higher resolution televisions. Well, I mean, that was a big thing. That was a, a huge thing. All of a sudden, when D, I remember when DVDs came out. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, stuff, because True Lies would have come out before the DVD boom or right around as it Right was around it, probably. Yeah. So like True Lies, I feel like, is one of those movies I had on VHS. Yep. And oh, you, I definitely You had can't notice anything. Have you ever watched it? Have you watched a movie recently on VHS? Not lately. It's... It's awful. How did we do it? Yeah, it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Well, I mean, you know what it really comes down to, especially in the age of streaming, when I put on a DVD every once in a while, and I'm like, how did I How did I think this menu was cool? I just want the movie to start. Oh. Remember the insane animated menus? That came I, yeah, they're annoying. <laughs> like, I guess it seemed like a cool feature. Because every, everyone had to have like a... I remember like the Buffy the Vampire Slayer one was like, Slayer one was like a 3D trip through um sunnydale cemetery and then it would set and then little bats would fly around and it was terrible the elf one goes do 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 yeah some of them are cute though yeah like hey guys do 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 yeah i like the ones that would do a random thing yeah but sometimes i'm just like oh play them do you remember dvds having hidden menu features oh yeah yeah find out like oh if i press up and over I find a hidden menu And feature. if you had children during the age of DVDs, and anybody listening to this will remember the scramble to click uh, di- past Disney's Fast Play or whatever. Because Disney would play, Disney would be like, hey, you know what? We'll start the movie. We'll just do all the trailers and go directly into the movie with Disney Fast Play. But you could skip it and get to the menu and start the movie instead of having 15 minutes. It was oh, a scramble if you were not in the that's room. That's right. You yeah. had the unskippable trailers. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, we don't want people to download our movies. Then don't make them 
force yeah, them exactly. to watch don't something. Don't force me to watch this. After they paid for their DVD. But those Disneys have all kinds of characters from all different types of races. You and mean species? species? Well, they said, they said races. I, we said species. I, I, well, lineages, you know, all kinds exactly. of Exactly. Which is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I know. I was bringing it back there. I know. You really did. You, you brought it right back yeah, to really full circle. Up. Yeah, before we really It's the circle of concert. life. Like on the Lion King DVD. I'm sure. No, the Lion King DVD, the one I animated. So, yeah. We decided we were going to dip our toes proverbially proverbially into creating a species for 5e yep. now i look at this like a lot of things i look at it, it goes how hard can this be yeah i know this doesn't seem like it's that difficult right so how hard can it be josh it, it can't they need it must be so easy well again this is it's going to be lore mostly it is a right? lot of it's lore a lot of background to have people understand how to play what they mm-hmm. are um, but the one that we I know we're attempting is going to have a ton of lore. It would have to because it's... Well, we're going to have to figure out a way of boiling that lore down. Yeah, we'll see. So we we'll have to make it first. But. We've mentioned this species idea that we are going to discuss. And, yep. you know, this is going to be, again, like all of our creation episodes, this will be a multi-part episode. Yeah. So we're going to talk the story. We always start yeah. with the story, right? Yep. Um, we'll we'll tinker with a couple of things. This episode might probably run a little bit shorter. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've mentioned before... That on the world of Estorok, a world suffused with the magic of creation that is affected by the collective comprehension, the collective perception of all the living beings on the planet. Right. It, it's resonating with so much magic that mm. magic sometimes just plain happens. Exactly. Yep. It, the world responds to what people think yeah. and feel and believe and makes it so. And one of those things we mentioned is that when they found a world with no native creatures on it Mm -hmm. just the remnants of what might have been natives they assumed the giants were natives yep now we're gonna see that's gonna be a story hiccup we're gonna have to come past yeah um so they assumed the giants native but we've already established we don't think that the giants were native right we think the giants were also visitors to this planet yep who built something and Mm -hmm. then it fell yeah so we said, well, if people are going to be wandering around this world assuming, well, there's got to be some sort of weird... Right. They come from a vast multiverse. Yeah. You know, take a drink every time you hear about a multiverse, but they have a vast multiverse. They have seen all... every Everywhere has life. I mean, they have, in 5e, you have the elemental plane, which is essentially right. living fire things i know you know so like everywhere you go has you want to go to the plane of fire no that sounds like a terrible place sounds like i cannot prepare enough for that i don't think no there's no i don't ever want to go there so there is some form of life or some representation of sentience or something everywhere right so there's no way and they're so and people are so cautious of nature in this world Mm -hmm. because it is dangerous yeah and it has a life of its own and their assumption that the life of its own is also sentient mm-hmm. gives birth to Iliastrians. yeah. Iliastrians. So our race slash species slash lineage is going to be called yeah. Iliastrians. If going back in episodes, I think we prefer lineage. Right. We yeah. said lineage. The new 5e is going to be species. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I don't know. I'm not sure. I have to check. I did back the Kickstarter for Tales of the Valiant, mm-hmm. that 5e clone. I know it's called Lineages and Level Up 5e. Yeah. So we, well, but everything's Creative Commons now. Everything we can pick and choose. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's going to be one of those things that I want to kind of look at too, because so for instance, I can tell you right now, I don't want to create a species that says add plus two to your intelligence, uh, plus one to your right. dexterity. I, right. I want to say add plus two to one attribute, plus one to a second, or plus one to three. Yep. Which that's is what I like that is technically not part of the 
Creative Commons or Open Gaming creation. Mm -hmm. That is what they say with Tasha's custom lineage. Right. But that's just, that's also every, so we're going to look at a couple different examples. Again, it seems like something that they can't, I I don't think you can copyright that approach. Right. Because it doesn't seem like just saying, because that's a mechanic. Yeah, it's a mechanic. So it's an application. We can't uh, say, if you're like a Kender, but we can say, right, add two to one and one to another. Yeah. Yep. Um, so when I say Iliastrians, Josh, mm-hmm. what picture do you have in your head? I, I don't know. Sometimes, cause I've, I have in the past given Iliastrians a lot of thought. Sometimes I picture, um, something amorphous, you know, humanoid-ish, but not, not really. I really, I, it kind of varies. I, I don't have anything solid, so I could build off of whatever you picture, but I, I, I definitely, I don't want to say that they're like, what are the, what are the ones in Spelljammer? The, the gel people, what are they called? Oh, the plasmoids? Yeah. So part of me wants to say plasmoid because I think of liquid, but they're not all represented. They're not all liquids. And Iliastrian mm-hmm. isn't going to be that. They're going to be a product of their environment right. spawned by the people. Then, See, this is very interesting. Yeah, to me, to me, because I picture Swamp Thing. So I don't, I don't not picture Swamp Thing. Okay, so I also picture Iliastrians as being things that are capable of creating. You know, they may have been essentially thought into existence, but at this point, I feel like they are their own true lineage with mm-hmm. culture and things that have sure. developed it's been over a thousand time. years. Yeah. So do they? How do they procreate and? But my thinking was an Iliastrian is going to spring up and he's going to be representative of the area in which. So if somebody is afraid of those caves at the edge of the village, you know, that the, or at the edge of the town that they built for so long, the Iliastrians that come from that are going to be rocky, Korg-like, craggish Iliastrians. Mushrooms. Or potentially mushroom, whatever. You know, maybe there's a bunch of mushroom. You know, when they were initially created, there's a bunch of these mushrooms. They're poisonous. They were killing people. So it became this fearful thing. What if this is, you know, who knows? I guess I just always see them as kind of taking on the environment from which they were thought up. So what'll be, what would be interesting to compare this to in that case, mm-hmm. and I don't have the book here in front of me, mm-hmm. it's downstairs yeah. because I didn't think that you were going to take us here. So this well, is I, fascinating. Okay. Um, I when I when I when I picture the Iliastrians, I've always just pictured them as plant based, and then I haven't really extended my creativity past the plant based representation. Okay, like plant people. I was like yeah. plant people, but what you're describing seems more in lines with looking at the way they do Ganassi. Oh, there's I guess Ganassi, so. And then yeah. there's fire Ganassi, water Ganassi, earth Ganassi, and yeah, I guess I, air that, that's just how I automatically saw them. You know, maybe I always liked. I always had a whole thing about a shared culture that they do have memories of things. They have a better understanding of the world because of their connection to Iliaster. I love that they have a. I already decided, like as we're sitting here, like mm. they should have a ceremony to mm-hmm. to will a new Iliastrian into. Yeah, being. I think that totally when, when they're like it is time. Yeah, for a new member, mm-hmm. and they all gather, and if they all agree, yeah, they, they all gather together, and they go, Ooh, yeah. they all echo. And I always like the idea that they had a group that they had a group of gods. What did I call them? I don't remember, Josh. What did you call? They had a group of divinities. I don't remember their name, but they essentially the Iliastrians brought into you know created by the imagination of others mm-hmm. created their own gods. You know, yeah. like this weird and so you, thing. you don't want them to have a reference to the primals. Well, I just okay. Then I no, not necessarily. Yes, it's okay. But I like the idea that they see the primals completely different, and that they're able to have. I they definitely in my mind have a closer connection to the primals, mm-hmm. and have practically no connection. 
So this is a race of beings yeah. that sprung up because of collective understanding or collective belief of other people. They have they are more in tune to the world because they literally are birthed from the world. Yep. They mirror the environment from which they are born. Mm-hmm. They are in tune with the world to a level that no other species is. Yep. And also, do they know that they were willed into being? See, I always felt like no. I feel like they don't think that. No. I, I personally. I, I just like the idea that they're like, no, 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 we're always we've we're here. We've always been here. But that's not actually accurate either. Well, who knows anymore, right? Exactly. But, yeah. I just like that. And then people can play with it. Whatever. Okay. I mean, how much detail do you actually need? This is what they do. I mean, as a player or even as a DM, GM, whatever, you just need to know what they look like, what they can do. Make you know, you don't need we're not going to do as, as far as I know. We don't plan on doing like a perfect history of no. Esterok with every little event rise and that fall. That would of be every the terrible. That would be Empire. awful. Yeah. No. Once we finish up Esterok, mm-hmm. that's the end of our first season. However long it takes, I think our next whole season will be creating a actual custom game system. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, we'll jump right to the whole thing, the, like our price of power idea or something. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is Todd cannot wait to play in Esterok. I know. He's he very says excited. It again and again. I know. And I'm it's just like, be well, fun. by the time everything's done, we should have enough to play off of. Oh, but what will be really we funny. We could technically play it now. Yeah. And we'll just have it inform episodes, yeah. is my thinking. You know, then we'll just go, oh, this is what we did. And then we kind of went here and we did this and da da da. Yeah. It'd be mm-hmm. cool. So, yeah, I always feel like they know that they're there. Okay. They've always, you know, it's, it's other people's perception of them. So, if Iliastrians are some sort of. So then, honestly, like Ganassi. So a Ganassi is not an elemental. They're a humanoid, I yeah. do believe. Correct? Yep. yep, I think so. Um, so my original thinking was a, an Iliastrian would be a plant humanoid, but that doesn't sure. have... Remember when they released Eberron? Mm-hmm. They created the living construct class. Okay. Or uh, species. Mm-hmm. And because Warforged were living constructs. Right, and then there's the Clockwork Gnome people that are in Spelljammer Are as well? they also living constructs or are they just constructs is what I'm wondering. Or are Warforged just constructs now? Not sure. I don't know. We'd have to look that up. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, hey, you entertain the listeners for a second. Oh, that's how we're doing it. Okay. And now we're going to listen to the sweet sounds of daybreak. No. But yeah, the Iliash, you know what I do kind of worry as I'm sitting here, I'm like, I no, don't worry about it. No, they're fine. Never mind. Scratch that. But um, we also have Daisy the podcast dog who is snoring. She's snoring behind Soundgate me. <laughs> will catch, Soundgate will catch that one. Is it? What are they? What I? You know, I don't. Not one hundred percent sure. I knew that there was a difference between constructs, living constructs, and, and well, all that. because when it was released, it was the first time someone had created a construct um, race. So I don't know what it says. I can't find it fast enough. It's all yeah, right. Yeah, it's it, it's every single time. Um, I believe they eliminated living constructs and they're just now called constructs. But it was a big deal. It's like, no, they're living constructs. And it was this whole new subclass because what Keith Baker did that was so brilliant again with Eberron was his whole shtick for all of the the new Eberron races was halvesies. Okay. He's just like, I'm just make everything halvesies. Oh, yeah. Well, you have shifters. They're half lycanthropes. Okay, you have changelings. They're, they're half... Um, what are those things called? Doppelgangers. Doppelgangers. Okay. I oh, how yeah. about Warforged? They're half constructs. Okay. And there's, yeah. and, I mean, there's like another one. I just, I'm not I'm blanking off the top of my head, but they're all halvesies. They're like, oh, was so, that an accidental choice or does it No, I think that that was, I, I, it was, it's too obvious to yeah, not have true. been yeah, a conscious choice. <laughs> I think he just was going for, hey, well, what's a, what's a half lycanthrope? What's a half shapeshifter? Yeah. So, hmm. 
But the Iliastrians, so we're going to have the lore that they were they were thought into creation. Mm-hmm. Um, other people, there's going to be people who believe they've always been there, including the Iliastrians. There's yep. going to be academics who know that no, they didn't exist. Yep, and they're going to assume that it's part of the product of the world. Mm-hmm. Back in the academy at Farpoint, yeah, Point Reach. <laughs> oh. Put a dollar in the jar, um, <laughs> the far point jar, the far point jar, <laughs> and then they are. I, I sh- I'm, I'm automatically, as we're sitting here, I love the idea of them ceremonially bringing new ones. Oh in. yeah, I'm totally down. With and that. they control their own numbers. They mm-hmm. don't want there to be too many. They yep. go out. They do things. They gather information. They always must return back to the heart of their tribe well, how about, to share yeah, what they've and, learned. Yeah, and, and then they head back out into you know almost right a passage. A certain group and just heads out. Yeah, and they're gone, and you never see them again. Mm-hmm. And you know, because again, Estrox's enormous. And I like the idea that returning to the world via revergence is not something they fear. Right. That, like that's that's, that's the like, goal. In fact, what could be really interesting? What if the Iliastrians had something called again? I'm shooting from the hip here. Mm-hmm. Something called the sorrow. Yeah. Which was the fact that they could they were immune to revergence. Which and they could yeah. never return in the same way. They look at like a human who slowly turned into a plant who can't move and is screaming silently in a woods as they're absorbed. Mm-hmm. And they go, "Oh, you're so lucky. I will never be as lucky as you. We are chosen." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that could be interesting because it, it would be you could have you know if you wanted to have like quote unquote evil Iliastrians that are looking to you know maybe they can steal revergence from people or they think they can in order to connect. There's all kinds of stuff you could do with yeah. that. I guess. Yeah, that's cool. So, Sad, but cool. I know, right? Yeah. So I wanted to look at... So if, here, I'm going to hand you that book. Okay. I'm going to start in the player's handbook. So let's go look at the player's handbook, and I'm going to pick a random a random species in the player's handbook. I'm going to pick the dwarves, okay? So dwarf, we have all this stuff. Now, this is going back to 2014, of course. Yeah. But So there's a lot of lore in here that is no longer... I guess this whole paragraph on who they're slow to trust is interesting. Um... But here we go, dwarf traits. So everything you have names, you have you have the lore pages, the lore paragraphs, yep. talking about the history and their interaction with other species, their how they're organized. You have a section on names, and then you have traits. So dwarf has the assorted uh, following traits. You've, your ability scores, which if we do ours, will be something custom you choose. Yep. Age. Um, they've kind of gotten rid of age lately. They've been kind of saying like, eh, everything's about a hundred years, which is weird. Um, right. Again, it's one of those things that again, do we how need much to change it, that? How much does it matter though? Like how much, I how much does know. age often factor? If you want to make your guy a grizzled old veteran, then he's a grizzled old veteran. Yeah. That's it. He's just level one. Yeah. It uh, does, size. Been the so Iliastrians, I imagine as medium. Mm-hmm. That's pretty yep. easy, right? Sure. Speed. Now here's the thing. I always imagine them as kind of slow. Because, again, I keep coming back to Swamp Thing. I imagine sure. them as being kind of like lumbering. But I, we're not choosing right now. But. Yeah. So you are you are looking at the Kender from the Dragonlance yep. book, which is one of the more recent books. So if you go to okay. Kender Traits, I think you're yep. open to that page. I am. Yep. Does it start with ability scores? Uh, yep, ability score increases. Uh, languages. So what, what for ability score increases, it says raise one by two, one by one, or three by one, right? Uh, increase one of your scores by two and increase a different one by one or increase three different scores by one. Okay, yep. so there we go. Yep. Age, is that next? Uh, age is not... Uh, lifespan. Typical lifespan of a player character in D&D multiverse is about a century, assuming the character l- doesn't meet a violent end on the adventure. Okay, so that phrase fills me with dread. The D&D multiverse. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, size, right, is next. Uh, height and weight, yep. 
Oh, it doesn't say size. It says height and weight. And it literally says height and weight. Does it say that they are size medium or size small? Like halflings are size small. Um, are Kender size small? Okay, so now you would have to jump ahead a little. So on here it says lifespan, then it says height and weight, and there's an explanation. And then a little blurb about Kender. Just a very little fluff on the Kender, actually. And then it goes to Kender traits, and then it's switching to organizations on the next page. There's not a lot. Okay. And are they medium or small? They are small. When you get down to size, they are small. Okay. You are small. Speed? 30. Okay. Which I thought they'd have a little bit more than that because they're, I don't know, I just always picture them faster. Yeah. Um, do Kender have dark vision? Um, I feel like a lot of the newer species they've been designing have not had dark vision because they're sick of everyone having dark vision. I'd have to read detailed wise, but no, the next Kender trait is fearless. Advantage okay. on saving throws. So this is this is what I noticed. There's three traits, right? Yep. There's yep. three trait paragraphs. There's yeah. fearless, taunt, and what? Uh, Kender aptitude. Kender aptitude. So they picked three mechanical things mm-hmm. for the Kender. For dwarves, they have dwarven resilience, dwarven combat training, and a tool proficiency, stone cutting languages, and subrace kind of thing. And now this would be where we would do ours. We do Iliashians and we do subraces. Right. We do, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we could pick a cup, and that's it. And that's it. That's the end. Yeah. So when we design our race, our species, we need to determine things like that: ability scores, age, size, speed, and then we need to pick three traits. Mm-hmm. Three traits that embody what an Iliastrian is. Uh, yeah, that one we'll have to come back. I'll have to think about that. Yeah, that's, that that's going to be, thought. that's homework? Yep, that'll have to be homework. Okay, so our homework is going to be to think about what traits an Iliastrian would have. Yeah. Um, we have some ideas about culture. Mm-hmm. So, oh, man, when I picture, I, you know Swamp Thing better than I do, because you know comic books better than I do. A little bit, yeah. So Swamp Thing, he can do all sorts of crap, right? He can like fling vines out, he can control the Yeah, he controls, swamp. now modern day... I don't remember. I don't think this was a more thing, but he nowadays he controls the green, which is the the interconnected web the of spiritual interconnected web of plant matter throughout the universe. Versus everything. the red, which is the interconnected spiritual matter of living creatures. Yeah, of of animals. Yeah, of animals. That's where Animal Man is the avatar of the red. Okay, so there's Swamp Thing and Animal Man. Yep. What else um, is there? Is there the blue? I want to say there's the decay. There's cool. because the the the. Uh, yeah, he was like the enemy of both of them, I believe, because both things can decay. Okay. It, that got into New 52 a little, so I, that definitely was where I checked out of comics, probably, right. with exception here and there. Okay, so if we do Iliastrians and we do subraces, mm-hmm. the subrace of the Iliastrian, so what should the main, the, the primary Iliastrian be? I really want to... That's Well, the primary, at the moment... With, his, with what we've designed within Estrock, the primary is the Verge, so the primary is the Swamp Thing. Is, is the plant version. That's the base. That's going to be... Because that is the most people are going to be more likely exposed to the Verge. They're going to more... You know, if you mm-hmm. go back, they're going to be more likely to have been afraid of the Verge and the terrible things that live in our apartment. Yeah, when we could keep the plant theme with the subraces. If mm-hmm. it's caves, it's plant caves. It's right. it's bioluminescent mosses. Right, and- so if you want to set something in Greghold... Greghold, yeah. And Greghold, your Iliastrians that you come across are far more likely to be mushroom and or mineral. Right. Or mycelial or mineral or even combos and let people play with it. Let the DM play with it. Sure. Yeah, they're a combination of both. So almost warforgy looking. So he's got stone, but then he's got that kind of soft. And there can be stone and plants in the main Iliastrians as well. Yeah, I like that they're kind of, but yeah. they're a connection of the all the piece, the building blocks of the world. Yeah. So it's stone and plant matter. Mm-hmm. 
building into a person. Yeah. It's just different stone and different plant matter. Yeah, and different concentrations and, and whatever. Yeah, There could be oceanic, I'm choking, mm-hmm. there could be oceanic iliastrians who are seaweed and, yeah. and they have a swim speed. And coral. And they, and exactly. All kind of crazy stuff, yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. And and they should be they should be more complicated than what we're seeing here because it's a more complicated relationship to the world that they're from. Right, and that might still give us the ability to instead of having them be humanoids, have them be plants. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. and that you that know plays we're into things a lot. Another homework thing. Um, we're gonna have to look at some Pathfinder stuff because Pathfinder does the okay. Leshy, and the Leshy are full plant. That's are the whole. They're, that's their deal. They are plants. Okay. Um, I don't know anything I, about them. I believe that's in the Mwangi experience. They are called the sure. Leshy? The Leshy. It's I'll spelled fancier than it needs to be, but yeah. From Mwangi. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in there. Um, I'll but, put a note to that in yeah, the show Yeah, and then we can see how they handle I mean, it's definitely going to be different, but... So this is this is cool. Yeah. Um, And there's some traits. I want to look at... I Part of our homework also should be, let's let's pull a bunch of traits from mm-hmm. a bunch of existing species. Right, we would definitely start with the Ganassi. For instance, like Goliath and Gif. Yep. Both have like the the giant like build, I think it's called, or something to that matter, mm-hmm. where they're they are still medium, but they're so they're really big mediums. Yeah. So they get I think it's just a something as simple as advantage on athletics checks. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. they get an advantage on athletic checks just because they're so friggin' big. Right. Um because it doesn't make because they they don't want the Havling to kick the door down when the Goliath rolls a one. You know, and Maybe this is nothing, but maybe another homework thing is to look into, because I want to make sure that we don't, and this is in keeping with the tradition of our podcast in general, I want to make sure we're not being like insensitive to indigenous people. What? Because there is that one of the things we do in our podcast? No, no, no. What I'm saying is, I'm sorry. No, that's not what we do. What I mean is we pay wait, attention wait, what to- what have we been doing this whole time? What I mean is we pay attention to whether we are, whether we are or aren't. Oh, yeah. And so we try to be conscious. Of, yeah, we're kind of- unconsciously creating i just want to make sure we're not doing like an old western stereotype of just i don't know i just crossed my mind you know because we kept saying tribe and i'm like i just want to oh, make we don't sure want to make the, we don't want to make them stand in for indigenous indigenous Americans. people unless we're doing it with some more thought and awareness well i so. yeah i would just want to avoid that altogether i yeah. Yeah, that this doesn't seem like there's anything good to come up i don't like mirroring mirroring real life cultures in Right, a fictional just, culture in yeah. any, especially not a culture of which I am a part, and therefore, <laughs> right? Why would I here? Let me just borrow that from you, and then yeah, profit for it from myself. And, and we may not do anything too terrible. I just want to make sure I'm aware of it because sure, I sure, could sure. easily fall into. Um, I don't want that. I don't want them just be basically the Navi. Oh, you know, like because that's ultimately what it comes God. down to. And I want, I don't it to want be anything more, to be the Navi because the Navi right. are dumb. I want it to be more, uh, more, more complex than that yeah I guess. absolutely more nuanced so um i'm 100 percent in agreement with that because, yeah. do you like the navi i forget i mean the movies are fine i don't yeah. know I, the last one was really hard for me to watch it was ridiculous but <laughs> i still haven't seen it yeah it's okay you know um to, we're talking about avatar for anybody who's not if navi's tickling the back of your oh, memory yeah. you're not quite sure but avatar yeah not the good one though the one with the blue people yeah the blue <laughs> the other one yeah yeah did you see the art this is this is completely unrelated but it's not a random encounter because i'm going to press that button for random encounter in a second okay but did you see that they released the there was someone who leaked the art of the adult uh, avatar the last airbender crew um it, it was at a it was some sort of creative meeting and they had they had art of adult ang adult cora adult Sokka, and adult toff fighting and with adult um uh, da, 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 da. what's his name hi guys zuko here zuko, um yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That, and it looks really awesome. So Very. how would adult Cora interact with adult Aang? No, or, sorry. Do I mean... I didn't mean Cora. I meant adult Katara. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So... I thought there was a really cool crossover coming. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, yeah, because the Avatar state is gone so she can't talk to Aang anymore right? yeah that's the only thing about the second show that i really did not like was i i felt a very deep deep sorrow at the loss of the ability to talk to the past avatars yeah that i was like what do you do no right that was one of the neatest things yeah i love cora though but yeah yeah but no the 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 kind of the random encounter here let me let me hold on right yep random encounter <laughs> Um, did you hear this news that they are going to be raising the cost of the Wizards of the Coast books? Yeah, I believe I heard it from you. Did Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, I didn't even know. I'm like, I don't know. I get them on Amazon. How much do they cost? What well, do I know? They're going from, <laughs> what, they're $49.99 and they're raising up to $59.99 or something like that. Yeah. And well, my Tears of the Kingdom was the first Nintendo game to go up to $69.99. And I'm old and it bothers me. Of course. Yeah, old man like, yells at clouds for sure. Well, that's what Mike Shea said when he said he yeah. was going to talk about it. Oh, did, yeah. Yeah, he said, so Mike Shea in his podcast was talking about how his problem was, like, that's fine, because first of all, I had to check myself. Mm-hmm. Every single book that I have purchased from a third-party 5e publisher yeah. is usually $60 plus. Okay, yeah. Each Level Up 5e book is more than $60. Right, those I know, that's why I don't have any. I mean, they're expensive. Yeah. They're big and chunky, but they're expensive. Yeah. And even Cobalt Press books, like they're more expensive. They're right. generally, I pay more for those. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, so why shouldn't I also be willing to pay the same money for Wizards of the Coast book? Yeah. And did you go because Cobalt Press isn't a billion dollar a year company? There, there is that. There <laughs> is that. And neither is 5e um, and you level up 5e. But what was interesting that Mike Shea pointed out, he goes, yeah, but they've evidently like, incre- so here. Is there a difference in font size between these two books? Because he made a big deal over the fact that the fonts have gotten bigger. They raised their font size. Do you notice anything looking at those? Um, I mean, maybe. See? So it's not noticeable enough that I've noticed it. No. No, it's not crazy or anything. But his point was the books have gotten a lot shorter. So they're charging... That's definitely the case. So they're charging a bunch of money for shorter books. Yeah. That's probably true. So like they have the Giants book coming out. Mm-hmm. and he, th- he it's going to be real short it's going to be pretty short now you could also ask the question why do we need a giant's book yeah you know it seems like a weird thing to do um yeah i think it, i think they're trying to probably i mean it's it is one thing that 5e hasn't really delved in. i mean they gave you a dragon all dragons all the time detailed dragons but giants no matter how big you make them okay so oh you have a a a, a cold dragon or a cold giant now and a fire giant <laughs> like, there's yeah, not that much variety I, I, there it's a big giant dude. He hits way harder than a normal person, but ultimately functions and acts like a normal human. Exactly. So what's the point? So like, do we need a bunch of fleshing out of giant culture through the Dungeons and Dragons multiverse? Right. Well, didn't they... I mean, there used to be a big... I, I know in previous versions, there was a big deal about the conflict between uh, Takesis dragons and giants. Like, they yeah. were the guys... That, you know, They were the two races that went back and forth. I don't know. I, so... I mean, maybe it'll be interesting. When I, I think about splat books that I want... Mm-hmm. That have to do with specific monster groups. Yeah. Dragons is always up there. Yep. The fact that we haven't gotten a book of undead. Yep. Yeah. We haven't gotten a book of aberrations. Well, yeah. They would, 
Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, we essentially kind of have a demon you, one. So, so the demons and devils got covered in Morden Canons. Yeah, a and, lot I of mean, demons the, and the devils. The whole Blood War, every one of the Dukes of Hell or whatever they but are. But Morden Canons, do you mean Morden Canons Guide to the Multiverse or Morden Canons Tomb of Foes? Tomb of Foes. Tomb of Foes. Tomb of Foes has it. Because that book is no longer canon. Right, Guide of... <laughs> whatever <laughs> does it open and does it have the same rules i don't know yeah, i gave exactly. it to my child <laughs> yeah i may mean, still have mine because i like the art um so yeah i was like we're getting a giant's book before we're getting an aberrations book and aberrations are the coolest bad guys in dungeons and giants dragons. are way more uh you know mainstream are they yeah i'm gonna ask somebody to describe a giant they're at least gonna say jack and the beanstalk describe an aberration isn't gonna hit everybody the same way that's why no because because but then you could go, you know, Cthulhu is, you know, oh, okay, okay, you know, exactly, then they would get, yeah, exactly. Then they would get it, yeah. But even undead, no, definitely. I, like, I'm why don't we have, don't a, have a book a of undead? Just all the crazy different undeads and all the rules and the. Come on, Orcus's guide to the realms of undeath. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the books are getting more expensive, um, but smaller isn't everything. Uh, well, again, the point I, you know, I, I lean on my Shea stuff a lot. Yeah. But he said, you know, they talked about how even through the OGL, their profit margin went up. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't believe them when they said, oh, just due to the cost of printing going up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody's going to believe no, that. No, you're you're just taking advantage of the opportunity to raise your prices when right. no one's going to complain. Now, the thing where it may, you know, bug you because you own so many Cobalt books and because you own the 5e books is this... Does this inherently create a shift in the market where your books that are already more expensive and you're already paying for more for, do they charge more because they can or because they need to? It's a vicious cycle. It's like everything's inflating. Yeah. I wish there was a term for it. <laughs> I know, exactly. Yeah, it's called greed. Oh, <laughs> oh that's what they call the it. The technical term is inflation. Oh. <laughs> but this is different. <laughs> it's pronounced greed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's the word is inflation spelled g-r-e-e-d <laughs> so i always think of that Sunday night live clip um larfengar <laughs> how do you spell that l-e-e <laughs> you know and it's like a, okay um so yeah that's so we have some homework yeah, yeah. all that to say mm-hmm. we have some homework we're going to look at some traits we're going to look at the leshy from the mwangi expanse yep. we're going to look at the ganasi and how they're broken down yep and then we're going to brainstorm some traits. So your homework is to come up with three possible traits for a plant-like species yep. for next recording. Okay. And I will do the same, and then we'll read them and cool. see which ones we want to adapt, combine, or use. All right. Does that sound good? Yeah. I think, so again, we just talked lore stuff, so that's going to be all of it it for today so thank you friends for listening this has been super fun uh for more information or peruse the latest drafts of our creations visit our website at www.fourthpillarofplay all spelled out where you can also like follow our messages on twitter or instagram hey everyone thank you josh thank you everyone listening everyone uh we look forward to creating more with you